Early Childhood Australia is proud to bring you this podcast series, Access, Participation and Positive Outcomes, Inclusion in Early Childhood. This series is co-hosted by Janet Williams-Smith and myself, Shay Halen. Along with our episode guests, we'll draw on experiences and professional perspectives on key practices that support you to embed inclusion in your early childhood education and care setting. Early Childhood Australia wishes to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which this podcast was recorded and produced. We pay respect to the Elders past and present and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples living and working in this area. Welcome everyone. I'm joining you today from the beautiful Ngunnawal lands and I'm so thrilled to welcome back for another episode, Joe Grimmond. Thanks, Shay. I'll start by acknowledging also the Yuan country where I am coming from today, and I am a proud Darug woman of the Burrural clan of the Darug people. I'm grateful, Joe, for you sharing both your time and knowledge with us as we delve into the topic of trauma-informed practice to nurture inclusion. I think a really great place to start, Joe, is to actually stop and talk about what is trauma-informed practice. Well, I think trauma takes on many forms, doesn't it? There are many different types from a trauma that has been caused by an event or ongoing generational trauma. For me, trauma-informed practice is about supporting children to feel safe, to build trust and to overcome any lack of that sense of safety that we can take for granted sometimes. One example that came straight to mind when thinking about this topic was the bushfires. I experienced trauma myself during the bushfires in our community and as an adult, it was a very traumatic experience of several evacuations and the loss of a sense of safety, which we take for granted. I felt deep despair at the loss of country as well. I thought deeply about the children in this area who were experiencing sustained trauma of repeated evacuations from their home and early childhood education and care service, then some losing their family home in some circumstances, the loss or damage to their second home or their safe place as the preschool or the early learning centre was and other children, of course, experience other forms of trauma. I watched a centre in the aftermath of the fires become a true recovery hub for the community as a whole in this tiny regional town, placed together to talk, to cry. The level of trauma that was experienced was different for each person as well. Some lost their family members, others lost their homes and others lost that sense of country and animals loss, and that was actually trauma as well. Others were traumatised from what they had experienced, even though they didn't lose their home. So the children also experienced fear and stress in their families as well. The way educators responded to families at this particular service was truly a fabulous example of trauma-informed practice. The way they provided a sense of safety through their trusting relationships that they had built prior to the fires contributed to the recovery of the community as a whole. It was a real hub for connection. So it was certainly a story that I feel really inspirational, actually, as to the impact that this preschool had on the whole entire community as a hub connection. Wow, that's certainly a powerful story. And I'm sure that many of our listeners can connect with that, having likely experienced trauma themselves as a result of natural disasters. And we have just, you know, endured a worldwide pandemic as well. But I think, Joe, that it's good for us to also acknowledge that children and families and educators, you know, human beings can experience trauma from a really wide range of factors and experiences. 
It doesn't have to be a huge catastrophe, but certainly that's a a timely and powerful example. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now, Joe, you talked about the trauma-informed practice of that service and how that became a recovery hub. And it'd be really wonderful if we could talk a little bit more about how educators can use trauma-informed practice to develop their relationship with children and families. This is all about building trusting relationships. And this can be very difficult, especially when the cause of the trauma may be someone of the child cares closely about, that's close to them. For educators, it's really important that we are responsive and sensitive to the child. That includes being very attuned with them through play and through our warm and genuine interactions, taking the time to invest in developing those strong relationships is really important and showing genuine interest in what the child is doing and responding to every cue that the child gives us, really being in tune with them. It's also about creating a safe and nurturing environment, which we we're very proud of in our early childhood environments in general. However, when we are responding to children and building those trusting relationships for children that have experienced trauma, it's really critically important that we create that safe and nurturing space for them. When I think about my experience with families, one story stands out to me at the very end of my teaching career with face-to-face teaching of children. I had a family start at the service and it was obvious to me that I had to work really hard to be the safe place for the family who was experienced substantial hardship and disadvantage. The child needed a lot of support, but so did the mother. So I worked really hard at developing trust by just being there to support her, talk to her, offer reassurance or anything that was needed. We also have to be aware of any unconscious bias or misconceptions that we may have about disadvantage and put those aside. We may be the one safe and trusting place for that family and particularly the child and we have to be really open to the any signs of trauma and that includes being very in tune with anything that may re-trigger any trauma as well. It takes time. We need to invest the time. It took time for me to develop the trust with the mother and the child, but I did. I got there. We also need to be aware that trauma impacts child development because it has profound effects on the brain, particularly in the first five years of life. As we know, that's the most important critical foundation for lifelong learning. But by developing those trusting relationships that are responsive and sensitive to the child, we are helping in the recovery. For this mum, It was also about cultivating a trusting partnership as well by actively listening and showing genuine care and warmth in our interactions. I'm so pleased, Joe, that you have raised the concern about re-traumatising families and how important it is that we do take a trauma-informed approach to not only creating an inclusive environment for children and families who've experienced trauma, but readying ourselves for potential future trauma. We never know when life events or experiences are going to occur and how they're going to affect not only the children and families, but also the team within the service. And I think one of the more recent, and I think one of the more recent examples is situations where a child passes away and how that affects not only the children within that service, but also the teams. And so because trauma does come in so many different shapes and sizes and it presents itself so differently in different people, 
I imagine it's a topic that educators should really take responsibility for learning more about. I think it's really important for us to take responsibility to build our knowledge in every part of our practice as early childhood educators. And that includes knowing a little bit more about how we can respond and support families that have experienced trauma, whether it be the bushfires as an example, or whether it be ongoing trauma due to disadvantage and adversity, for example. So we need to build our own skills and practice when it comes to that. And how we do that is to look out for any training opportunities, that reputable training opportunities that that can come our way so that that will help us build our knowledge around how trauma impacts the child and how they respond to their environment because children that have experienced trauma will respond to their environment in different ways. We need to support each other in our teams and, and collaborate. We need to share knowledge and if possible, attend any training as a team so that you can really contextualize it to your service and your circumstances and have those really deep reflective discussions as a team and to plan for how going to respond to this in your environments. We need to engage in reflective practice, like I've just mentioned, individually as as well as in the team. And we can tap into resources that are are readily available. ECA have got some amazing resources and BU to support this topic. And we've also developed a module around being the champion of children who are impacted by trauma and adversity. So look out for resources that are available that you can tap into as well. It's important for us to be responsive to how children react in different situations. We need to get to know how they react. We need to know how to show empathy. We need to be patient. We need to show warmth. We know that children who have experienced trauma may have more difficulty forming these trusting relationships. So patience is the key. Genuine interactions, being in tune with the child and really listening to them are really important. Thanks, Joe. And it's so wonderful that you mentioned some of the resources that are freely available for educators to learn more about trauma-informed practices. And we do encourage you to check out those resources and do so as part of your wider team as well to ensure that you are really feeling confident in your practice and your ability to respond and support children who have experienced trauma. Thanks again, Joe, for a really great discussion. You've given us a lot to think about, and I'm really grateful that you shared with us your own experiences of being traumatized by the fires and also what you've observed in early childhood settings as a result. I'd just like to say thanks for having me and allowing me to share some of my experiences. You've been listening to Series 2 of the ECA podcast. The copyright of this material is owned by Early Childhood Australia and all rights are reserved. The ECA podcast is available anywhere you might listen to podcasts. And we hope this series supports you in feeling more confident to develop inclusive strategies and support a strong community rich with diversity.